Nathaniel, you can stay with us. And the others can come out and join us as well. Thank you very much. Wow, and welcome back, Amy and uh, Jamie. Yes, uh, I have questions. The audience has many questions, so I think that I'm, I'm going to start with those. And I'm also given the impossible uh, task of, of uh, recapping. But let's just say, Jamie, you spoke about paying attention to other people's crazy, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, and some of those ideas may come through, come true, and maybe should, some of them as well. Uh, Amy was talking about making change through asking better questions of yourself, and Nathaniel was talking about how to engage uh, in, in uh, giving our society a stronger absorption capacity. And I think accountability rights and norms are, are really uh, important as the sort of uh, balance to the things that might be uh, construed as crazy. Uh, I'm going to start with some of these audience questions. Uh, Amy, you said that complexity is resolved through conversation, and Anna Devdarian asked, how do we get radicals out of the information cocoons online? Actually, this is a question for everyone, I suppose. Radicals have a tendency of gathering in echo chambers. How do we get them into the conversation? Go. Uh, well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is part of the natural tendency of online communication to create echo chambers of, of like-minded people, but, uh, and I think it is getting worse. But I actually think the echo chamber isn't, isn't really the problem. Everyone's talking about that now. I, 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 I think that the backfire effect is actually more damaging, so which that? is that you see other people's views online and immediately think they're idiots and morons, show them <laughs> as examples of how stupid your political opponents are, and then use that to demonstrate how smart and wise you are. And mm -hmm. I think it's that clack, because a lot of the, the groups that I follow, and I follow all sorts of different groups, uh, they're not completely isolated from other information sources at all. In fact, they're often finding them, but just using them in a different way. Um, there's no easy answer to that. There really isn't. I mean, if, we, if we're all able to play a small role in toning down some of the aggression and angry, polarized arguments with each other, which we all do, we're all mm -hmm. in echo chambers as well, that would definitely be a sort of starting point. I, I absolutely agree. I just wanted to put in shout out for what Jenny was saying earlier about space to do nothing as a ground from which to listen. And a woman, Caroline, is speaking this afternoon on media, and I know she'll, she'll cover some of this. And also just a, a plug for statistics among journalists that I think we suffer from false equivalency and binary thinking about points of view. And if we could make a plea for a weighted average, where I might think something 97%, but I have a little bit of room for skepticism that allows me to hear other people and co-create ideas with them. Uh, I, some, many different people have been asking about this. I think, for instance, Kalle Pettersson, and I'm sorry about if, I, if I'm in the wrong culture entirely, but maybe it's John Kilich Bay, uh, are asking about this idea of what, would, what could happen after parliamentary de democracy, and is it possible to think of like, online, online democracy as a functional thing? And those questions came early, so I also want to add this uh, aspect that has to do uh, with what Nathaniel was talking about, that these normalization processes, who will do the normalizations and who will create the rules if even nation states are threatened? Well, the, the, the danger of this moment is that we are moving in many ways because of the modality of our technology into post-normative communities. And while that may be a transitional state, the, the issue is that who is going to be the normative maker? 
who has that authority? And really, we're looking at right now this dangerous moment, as seen by Russian cyber activities, et cetera, of a war on trust. And it's hard to make norms when there's an assault on the institutions and the mechanisms by which trust are created, especially when it's wedded to technology. If I could just build on yeah. something that Nathaniel was saying about the Volvo seatbelt and giving away the patent, I, I'm very moved by that. I also think that what we're dealing with is the economic nature of platform businesses, that they're so fixed cost intensive that we have these large companies like Alphabet, Google, or Facebook that have quasi-nation state authority right now. And that my hope is that not only will people give away patents that are socially vital, but that we'll also come into a world of fractionalized ownership. That what's actually needed is a capacity to pixelate business models, which is a return to democratic participation. And that's why I think it's so important for people to own shares in what they create. And I think they're emerging technologies. You write about the blockchain in your, in your book. Emerging technologies that, that will make this more possible. So, you don't have to give away the Volvo seatbelt patent, or you can, but what you can also do is loan it to people, and then if they make money from it later, you get a royalty later. So there's no cash flow pressure, there's a lending and then a repayment. So, can I just yeah. say one quick thing, sure, which is, yeah. I know I might seem very optimistic, but I'm actually quite pessimistic. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite worried about the direction of travel, especially with the increasing improvement of various types of technology. Mm -hmm. And particularly with Beppe Grillo, what I'm trying to say is that amazing opportunities and potential. Mm -hmm. And we have to experiment with different ways of running our democracies. But the idea that the technology itself is going to fix those problems is, is a mistaken one. And I, yeah. and I think that... Um, I think that Beppe Grillo is a very, very good example of that. If we're talking about like liquid democracy and these kinds of ideas, I, I, I still find, even though I know intellectually that the nation state has been under threat for in many ways already by globalization, and there are all kinds of entities in the world, most of them commercial companies, that nation states have no, no control over. Yet, I am very wedded, I'm old enough to be wedded to the idea of democracy, and I find it very difficult to, to think about democracy as conceptually entirely separate from like, the traditional nation state, which I am not a fan of. How do we start thinking about that? Now, Amy's nodding, thank well, God. In the, I, my original <laughs> academic background is in political science, and I actually think that most social problems can be boiled down to either campaign finance reform or education and that campaign finance reform is a massive problem in the American democracy, and everything I just said about tech platform companies is, is also about this concentration of wealth and a conflation of wealth and speech. And then on the education side, that's the thing that scares me most about the American political process and that humbles me is lack of hopefulness about economic opportunity and ma massive failure in our education system, which stops people from fully participating civically and imaginatively. I, I'm sorry, I have to throw in a last question, because out of the, I mean, these radicals that you're talking about, they have all big dreams, but not all of them are equally good. And I have to say that to me, the idea of creating a nation state specifically for the purpose of taking wealth that has been produced from the resources of other nations and they're relying on their infrastructure and taking that wealth somewhere to a country that produces nothing so that wealth cannot be taxed. To me, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> so do you have some advice on how to like, make the shit radicalism stop? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're pessimistic. Well, that is one reason why I, I, am, I am pessimistic and I'm trying to present these ideas not necessarily as either good or bad in a sense, but mm -hmm. more like these are important ideas that people are going to push for, and if we're not aware of them, if we're not engaging with them, 
Those technologies, direct democracy, artificial intelligence, life extension, and the concentration of power that that's going to bring that you mentioned, and distributed technologies such as the one that Liberland's interested in, these are very, very, these are the key drivers in changes in politics, I think, in the coming years. And we, there is a danger that we leave it open just to these radical groups to engage with all of that. And if we don't listen to them, think about them, and I guess develop our own ideas in response, then it is gonna, it's going to run away with us. Yes. Uh, super, super brief last words, because yeah. I'm realizing we're running but over time. I, yes. I, I want to leave you with, with this. Jonathan Kozel, I quote this all the time, the American educational uh, theorist and uh, historian basically uh, said, charity is no substitute for justice. And I think that in a lot of the ways we are using technology is we are trying to do 25 cent philanthropic solutions for million dollar public problems. <laughs> And that's got to stop. We've taken Silicon Valley values mm. as whole cloth, often without evidence or a method for collecting that evidence, and just gone from there. Let's go back. Let's interrogate and start there again. Very briefly. Yeah, and what's tricky is that we don't start with a blank slate. We start with a history of inequality. Uh, and I think that when I said that economics is a design medium, I think it stems from a consideration of value and the assignment of value and uh, a responsibility to uncover uh, political and power dynamics that are problematic and sometimes to come up with free market economic solutions to them even though they're social and human problems. Thank you very much again, Nathaniel Raymond, Amy Whitaker, and Jamie Bartlett. Thank you.